He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Like that, that to me seems like the riskiest thing that the Lakers could potentially do, even acknowledging that it doesn't involve moving future uh, first round picks. Their championship window is now, not in 2027. Well, that's the tricky part. And we talked about this, I think, on the pod, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when you had me on, is sort of like the, these, these two, like sort of dual masters that they need to serve right now. And how LeBron James's presence makes them sort of impossible to serve both, right? Is you have the most win now player at the most win now point in his career, like every day, right? <laughs> like you're a step closer to the end, and mm-hmm. so the pressure to maximize your time with him, you know, is like basketball's you know best gift to a team. Like the one way you are an instant contender is you have LeBron James. The Lakers found this out; they won a title. Um, you know, I think you want to maximize that, but at the same time. You know, you have to sort of look at your situation and, and, you know, whether it's are you, you know, are you two rotation players away plus good luck from from beating the Warriors, from beating the Suns, you know, from beating the Mavericks? I I, I don't know, to be honest. I don't know that that's true. And I think that's the hard truth that they need to kind of wrestle with. Um, And the problem is, is that like. You know, you have this six foot eight, you you know, guy that that looms so large over all your decisions because you you don't want to waste a second of him. You don't. It, it's again, like, <laughs> you, you can't do it again. You've already done it kind of twice. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, Dan. Can I just quick detour? And again, I promise I'm going to continue to open this up to other people who have their thoughts on which doors or whatever. But Dan, I I I, I would if you can try to explain how something like this Kyrie situation comes up where the whispers are so prevalent and the, the murmurs are so pervasive about, uh, you know, Brooklyn's intentions with him moving forward. Uh, the, that I guess I, I've heard in, in some circles that like LeBron is kind of interested in, in playing with Kyrie again and like how something like this, like, when Shams reported it, it felt like there was a collective sigh from everybody like, all right, finally, we can talk about this now. How does something like that come about um, and, and play out that way? Well, I mean, look, when you as a reporter, right, like what I'm doing is whether it's at the combine or, or you know, in my house, like you're calling or texting people and you're kind of just like, like basically like, what's your plan to fix the Lakers? Like, that's like a very common question I ask people. It's like mm-hmm. if you were in charge, like, what would you do? Right. And. Um, invariably like some version of like, well, you wonder about Kyrie's availability, like would come up and like, Mm. you know, the line between like speculation and reporting is like, is getting increasingly thin. I'm not suggesting at all. That's what's happening here. But but, like, yeah, but I think like that is a thing. And so you, I I know for me, like, I want to be careful not to speculate. Um, I want to make sure that like what I'm talking about with people is people who don't just think things as they know things. Right. And I think, like as this has gained a little momentum, you know, kind of the 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 word that, you know, he wasn't going to get maybe the extension that he wanted from Brooklyn. Like you start to look for landing places and like in this market with like the way 
the cap space is spread around, spread out around the league. It's not like he's got, you know, amazing options. He does yeah. not strike anybody as someone who would like to spend four years in Oklahoma city, nor yeah. would Oklahoma city. You know what I mean? Like the way the league is kind of set up right now, like it doesn't make sense. Like, like there are very distinct timelines and the teams that have sort of the Kyrie timeline are fairly limited. And then you add in the fact like the teams that would want to like, who would welcome, welcome that risk, I think again is limited, you, you know, like, I mean, the Lakers like trading for Kyrie Irving and then paying him is like, that's a very realistic gamble. And it may also be a horrible idea. Like, it, like we said, like totally unpredictable. Um, but at least with him, you know, that that is like a needle moving talent. And I think that to me is the difference between that and say, like, you know, um, I'm not bound to any Tampa. It was like saying like a Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner for two first situations, which by the way, I'm not even sure that gets that done in this situation, but like, you know, some version of that, right? Like mm-hmm. I think Malcolm Brogdon's a good player. I think there's a really good chance that Malcolm Brogdon plays 45 games for you. And I know what his ceiling is. Whereas if Kyrie Irving is playing 50 games for you, like, you know, this is a dude who's an all NBA second team guard. If he's right. Just a yeah. different player. Yeah. yeah I, I, the, the way I, I kind of define it with, with the Lakers and Russ moving forward is you move Russ to raise your floor and then whatever, whatever the return is, set your ceiling. And, and, and so Kyrie has, has a different, if it works and he's committed, committed your, your ceiling, ceiling is significantly higher than if Malcolm Brogdon stays healthy, I guess. I just don't think you can sacrifice assets, though, to be the five seed or the four seed. I just don't think that's good enough. And I think that, you know, kind of your ability to sort of reset here in the next two years is more valuable. And, and look, because there's no there's no incentive right now to tank, right? Like, let's be a thousand percent clear. Like, that shouldn't even be considered. You don't even have your picks, right? Like, why right. would you tank for New Orleans? But, but I think like, in terms of like, you know, if you're the, if you're the sixth seed, if you think your ceiling is the sixth seed with Russ, AD and LeBron, but you might have a lower floor and you think that, sorry, I got an unhappy little sick guy. <laughs> oh man. Oh, buddy, buddy. Um, this is Twitter. I can do this. This is not a professional broadcast. I feel. Oh, <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. No, I mean, in I'm, fact, I want to hear. I want to hear what he has to say. No, I'm. I'm thinking about the Lakers being a five seed, and then and then that's, and that, then that's using the their second. Yeah, that's like but, it's but that's it's the, the head that's it's what's going on in my head right now is the Lakers as a five seed after giving up two first rounders. That's it's a exactly what's going on. And, and and that and that to me is sort of like like are you willing to sort of live with maybe even the false hope that like a, a coaching change and a bunch of minimum contracts is going to make your situation that much better. I, I don't know the answer to that. It, it's, I mean, I think we probably actually do all know the answer to that. It's not going to make it that much better, but if, unless you are talking about like a return to the upper echelon of the NBA, I just don't think it's worth it. And that just is, that's, that's the hard decision because of LeBron's presence. That's the impossible part of all of this. Do you need to be in the upper echelon to win a championship though? Cause this year we saw a wide open playoffs. Like we didn't, I, I not until I would say game f- five or so like midway through game five, did we really feel confident that yeah, the golden state warriors are going to go out and win. I, I guess for, for me, if you give LeBron and AD a puncher's chance, even if you're the five seed, that to me, that gamble is worth it. Acknowledging that it is inherently a gamble. 
Does it change though that much? Like between like, I mean, like I guess you improve your chance, but if the bet is a puncher's chance, yeah, you know, you have that probably regardless. I don't think you do with Russ, but I, that's where, like Aaron said, I'm probably in the I'm probably in the minority. Shub, you you probably are closer to me on the spectrum of of okayedness with bringing Russ back. Uh, what do you think about Kyrie as as just kind of a swap out here? Or would you prefer to to go in the depth route? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So we actually had a space about this last night for about three hours That's talking a about lot of time. the, the, the sham rumor. Yeah, and so we went back and forth, and what we concluded is that it's it's really fool's gold with this situation, right? Because say what you want to say about what we know about Russ now, the intrigue of having that dynamic player back in last July was exciting to a lot of Laker fans and what he could bring, right? So that three-star model when we talk about building teams is very intriguing. But um, and we were talking to Nets fans last night and the the pains and the groans that come with that, you know, constantly having different lineups, constantly having one of the three stars out with a potential injury because of the the load they have on their bodies is is really grueling. And, and it takes away from your potential what you're trying to reach. So with that being said, you know, and not to be scarred again, you do want to naturally go to that depth route. Everyone after this experiment was like, we need depth, we need wings, we want to have multiple assets, and that's where we're aligned on that, Anthony. But when you hear a caliber of a player like a Kyrie Irving, you know, off-court stuff aside, in the three years he's been a Brooklyn Net, he is 27-6-5 on 50-40-90 shooting in three years. That is an MVP player right there point player, available no matter what you think about it or anything those are mvp numbers right there so when you hear those types of things then and, and there's interest there in getting it and not only that but the experience and no questions having to be there about how will the pieces fit because when those pieces are together lebron has won a championship individual individually with both of them and there's no questions about that and it's all a matter about you know players four through nine now you can rest assured and have a sigh of relief that, you know, at least this is going to work out. And the only the concern is going to be about injury and staying on the court. Right. So with that, it kind of it kind of tricks your mind again is like, am I am I OK with this? Another three star model knowing what we just went to. So I'm kind of half and half in between. I see both sides where we want to go the safe route and go with depth or you have a top 15, 20 player when healthy and Kyrie Irving. Let's go for a home run yet again. So. Yeah, the problem for me with Kyrie Irving isn't even like a when healthy thing. It's like he just he just decides when he is or isn't going to play basketball. Like that's the part everybody talks about like Anthony Davis being in street clothes and all of that stuff. Like when he's healthy, Anthony Davis does want to play basketball. Does he want to play it in a style that I enjoy watching all the time? Maybe not, but he at least wants to be on a basketball court. There are times where you can't say definitively whether Kyrie wants to be on a court. Like you, you listed his stats, those games that he's played for Brooklyn, 20 games in 2019, 20, 54 games in 2021, uh, the 2020, 21 series season. Um, and then last year you played 29 games and, and last year, no injuries. He just didn't want to get the vaccine, which like, you know, politics aside from whatever, that's a decision that he made that hurt his team. And that's, I, I, and I say all this as somebody who would probably make the Kyrie trade. Uh, that's how that, that's how much I didn't enjoy last season. Uh, this is a testament to how much of a nightmare Kyrie is off the court, though. I mean, he's not even yeah. available if he isn't a nightmare off the court. And I mean, I know I said uh, depth, 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 but if it's just purely basketball, Kyrie, LeBron, AD, that's a dream. 
But that's, yeah, I mean, I can't think of a bigger three in history. Right. And, and my, my point, and, and there. I think, you know, if we, the Kyrie thing, if, if this miracle does somehow happen and the thing about availability, he just decides when to play, is that going to be an issue now that, you know, not to get into politics, like COVID isn't as rampant as it once was, you know, in terms of mandates and vaccines and things like that, you have to put that into consideration. What I will agree with is availability. It's very fair to say that Kyrie is injury prone. Like that is, that is fair to say, because he's yeah, been actually too. been out with very, 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 uh, you know, prominent injuries so far. So that is a real issue where I would kind of put him in that class with AD, where the availability solely based on injury is kind of put into question. So that's my only issue. But hey, man, like like you're saying, we're all saying that basketball talent, like that's, oof, it's tough to tough to look away from because that he just plays a, a beautiful brand of basketball and very aesthetically pleasing. And his production is all the way there, so. So uh, Dan, can I go back to the to the notion of the gamble that the Lakers would be undertaking, um, you know, by by moving the, the two picks? Uh, if if you're uh, concerned about that gamble, and and you know that you're saying that the difference in the punchers, like the punch that you could throw if you move those two picks versus the one that you can throw if you don't move those two picks isn't uh that noticeable right now am i am i framing this correctly because i don't want to unless i think it i like i think Kyrie is like you know the needle mover in that situation i'm not sure like i think like i think there's a scenario in which whether it's malcolm brogdon and buddy healed or malcolm brogdon and miles turner that like i mean certainly the latter but like i think like where if everything went right in a season you would look at it and say wow like you know that that team makes sense that's a very good team um i don't know though that it like elevates to the same as like where i would have you know and we'll see what phoenix looks like you know with with or without deandre Ayton. um you know certainly i think that there is still room for the warriors to be better which is wild um you know like i i think that is you know that talk about a situation that like a team that could level up at any moment if they wanted like they have that option and, and mm-hmm. so I think, I think, you know, to me, like, I think, yeah, may, I mean, maybe, maybe you become, you know, the four seed, but like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see a, like a Brogdon, Anthony Davis at this stage of his career, certainly LeBron at this stage of his career team, um, like running rough shot through the regular season, like they did in 1920. I just don't see that. Like, no. to me, like too much has to go right. Um, you know, and, and I think that sort of is at the core of all of this too, right? Still. And that's like the tricky part in evaluating these things is like basically at the end of the day, right? Like a lot of this still all matters is like how healthy is LeBron James, how healthy is Anthony Davis. And I mean, I mean, that's, I mean and that is no, that's, that's the, it's the only yeah, part that matters. It's in such an uncontrollable truth that like you can do things to try to mitigate those. And, and I think Kyrie Irving helps certainly, right? Like, I mean, that's what they tried doing last year. They, they try to mitigate it by acquiring Russ. But but he was the wrong guy. He was yeah. Just the wrong no, no, guy. I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you. I'm yeah. saying that, like, that was the attempt, and, and that's mm-hmm. one way you could try to, to, to guard yourself against those guys missing time. It just, it just backfired hilarious. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, like, and this stuff is hard. And, I mean, look, uh, look at the end of the day, you right? Like, we look at the teams that, that play in the finals. Like, I went to three of those finals games. And, like, of all the things you could say about those teams, it was like continuity wasn't really a factor. You know, like those teams, like very strict identities, knew who they were, um, 
you know, like struggled at times a little bit with like the reintegration of Clay Thompson and stuff like that. But like, I mean, that like Clay is like an old friend moving back into your house. Like, you know, like what he's going to do with his dishes and stuff like that. Like you're aware of his quirks. And, 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 and I think like those teams very, very, very much knew who they were. And I would even extend that by the way to the conference finals, um, Miami clear identity, Dallas knew what they were doing around Luka Doncic and all of that stuff. And I, and I get that when you add a third star into the mix and you're not seeing them for 60 games together during the regular season, like it can be tricky I, I will say, like, this does seem like a much easier plug-and-play considering LeBron's pre-existing basketball relationship with Kyrie Irving and the fact that, like, Anthony Davis is, like, pretty easy to play off of. Like, it's not hard to, you know, yeah. imagine a world in which, you know, he just doesn't shoot a lot of 18-footers and he rim-runs more. A couple Man, things here. I wish. Um, one, um, I think I think Dan just said that. He knows that Clay Thompson brushes his teeth in the shower with hot water, which is uh, which is a little bit on his, uh, scary. On his boat, on his boat. Yeah, exactly. He streams it. Uh, and and the other thing, I've I've said this, Anthony, on on our show and here, I don't know that the mountain is as high as it seems. The Warriors and the Celtics are both really really good. Are they all time teams? No, I don't think so. They're both really really good, but I think it is about. I think the mountain perhaps for the Lakers is not as tall as it seems. Yep. I think it is. I think you do what you can do. And look, I've said that this was my problem. And I, again, I will say this again, I advocated against it internally. My problem with the Russell Westbrook move was not about depth versus a third star. My problem was in games that matter. I don't want anyone taking the ball away from LeBron. And so I think that the, but I do think the mountain is not as tall as it seems. And I think that the focus should be getting the Lakers out of the play-in. Because if you have LeBron and AD healthy in a playoff series, everybody is going to be terrified. Is it going, it doesn't mean that they're going to win. No, but I think the, the focus should be giving those dudes the puncher's chance that you're talking about, as opposed to, Oh my God, we have to construct a team that can, you know, go against these monsters. No, I don't think, look, the Warriors, the Warriors should be better. The Celtics probably should be better. If you ask me, if you ask me who's going to be in the finals next year, I would tell you the Warriors, as of right now, I would tell you the Warriors in Milwaukee. But I think if you do enough to give LeBron and AD a chance in a seven game series against anybody, I think you've got a shot. Especially matchups. And, and if LeBron and AD aren't healthy, none of it matters anyway. Hey guys, yeah. I don't know if he's going to jump in here, but I want to ask this. I see um, Epe Udo is in the room, and I yeah, yeah, great dude, one of my favorites. Dude who knows a little bit, obviously, about star structures and stuff like that. And I would be curious to know if, if he's interested, just sort of like how he thinks like the sausage is made when you add a third star. Just I, because... I said, I said, I said earlier. I think you had skipped out, but. The lottery pick between Steph Curry and Clay Thompson for the Warriors. Epic. Amazing book club host, too, by the way. Shouts to his book club. Um, but, like, I think, you know, he saw it, Epi, Epi saw it firsthand, you know, with the, with the Clippers um, and kind of those dynamics. And, and I think, like, like I said, I think in a lot of circumstances, I would be a little more uneasy. But, like, in this sense, like, I feel better just because, like, you know, I th- also think two guys that, like, if Kyrie comes to L.A. 
and, and to play with LeBron, like he knows what the standard is too. And I think that that's something that, that matters more too in this. Ekpe, you, you, uh, you accepted the invitation to come on stage. Is, is there a preferred route that you prefer, the two stars in depth or three stars and, and a little less depth around them? Please. And please. thank you very much, man. I'm, I really appreciate you hopping on. Man, thank you for having me, man. I, I enjoy hopping on spaces, man, and, and listening to the good folks. Um, for me, and I, Aaron. Think, I think a third. <laughs> hey, man, hold on. I go back. Man. Hey, man, I'm a word, but you know what? Never mind, man. Hold on. <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of the, the three stars. I think I think you really do need that in today's game um, or a really good surrounding cast. Um, and two, two. But I think for the Lakers, you need that third star. And if that third star can be healthy, that would that would be key because even if one of one of the other two go down, they can still um, keep it afloat. Like if LeBron had one more guy this year, um, they would have been solid and made it into the playoffs. And you know nobody really wants to see LeBron in the playoffs. So one 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 area where I think um, I I I kind of I, I need to be better at is by looking at things through different um, prisms and different perspectives and. I looked at the season that the Lakers just went through through the prism of, you know, from the outside looking in, and it was kind of frustrating to see them kind of continue to make the same mistakes. But it's like a former player. Where would you say that the Lakers, like where did last season go wrong from from how you were watching the season? I just think the the roster makeup, I mean, they're old, a lot of old guys, and um, we really never got to see Kendrick Nunn play. Um, and I hurt them a lot uh, with his ability at the one or even at the two. But I, th- I just think the roster makeup didn't really give them a chance. Yeah. I think, but... I, have, I have to jump in real quick, too. I think to your point, when we talk about depth, too, right? Like, you have to look. I think, you know, like the Warriors are a really deep team. Like, the Celtics are a deep team. Well, like, that depth is earned through the draft and through paying bird rights and then, like, using those contracts to, like, get other like eight to 12 million dollar players and stuff like that it generally isn't like six minimum guys and like that is still or a second rounder like reese yeah yeah yeah, that is the position the lakers are in virtually no matter what situation they are in like like it is going to be that way so to me that's why it's like front load the talent ideally perfect world it would be somebody more reliable than Kyrie. but like when you're offering you know two future first round picks that are two presidential terms from now to general managers and, and you're saying you know you're going to take Russ too and who knows if he can he probably won't be able to help you today and you might not be able to move him like you're going to get that you, like that perfect world gets shattered and and that's sort of why to me it's like I, I really strongly feel like the best chance for the Lakers would be Kyrie Irving now that doesn't mean it, it'll happen or any of that stuff I just think that that raises their ceiling the highest I agree uh, Aaron, I I'm, I would like to know. So, like, w- with the direction of three stars and and depth and stuff like that, like that that gets expensive pretty quickly. That's this is something that fans, Lakers fans, are always kind of worried about. Like, is this something that they're going to have to continue to worry about? Is is that amount of spending that would be commensurate with three stars and the necessary role players? I mean, I. Unless, unless those those role players and, and Dan was just kind of talking about, you guys were both just kind of talking about this. 
unless those role players have come up through your program and you have bird rights on them, it's not even really a question of if you can spend enough to keep those guys. If, if you are going outside of the organization to, to get your three stars or let's call it what it is, three max level guys, even if they don't play as stars, you don't really have the option. You do not have the financial mechanisms in place to be able to get those other guys, right? If, If you want to take the Warriors, for example, the reason they can spend so much money is there was the cap spike that got them KD and that led to Wiggins, but they drafted Steph and Clay and KD, excuse me, and, and Draymond. You can keep those guys no matter what if, you, if you're willing to spend, right? They drafted Jordan Poole. They drafted Kevon Looney. All these other teams, and you can look at, you can look at the last like three-star three model, really, is the Heatles, right? And you inherent in doing that if you go outside of the organization to get those guys is you have to sign minimum guys and turn the roster over every year it's about hitting on those minimum guys and hitting on your whatever exceptions you have whether it's taxpayer mid-level whether it's the which is the mini mid-level whether it's the real mid-level the biannual exception you have to hit on a fair number of those guys and minimum guys because inherent in choosing that path is turning over the roster every year Yes. So and to Aaron, get guys, to yeah, point, go, yeah, go ahead, brother. I would say, and to that point, like, that's the interesting sort of financial decisions the Lakers have to make is as they're, like, unearthing um, players like Austin Reeves, quick plug to my, my, my feature on him, go read it. I, re- I was really happy with it. Um, Loved it. But like, Loved it. It's like you're unearthing dudes like that. Like, you have to ask yourselves, and this was like a Caruso question, it's sort of like it's not just a seller. Like it's like, what are we, what are we willing to pay for a sixth, seventh, eighth guy? And, and Correct. That, it, it's just, it's all, it's just easier to stomach when it's someone you take tenth or twelfth in the draft and, and, and whatever, and you have more cost control on the front end. It, it, it is like it is a very tricky model, and you know, to Epe's point, you have to hit on your exceptions. And the big free agents, it's crazy. Like, don't talk about this at all. The big free agency signing last year for the Lakers was Kendrick Nunn and Taylor Orton Tucker. Yep. Like those were the two big free agency signings. And like, and, and by the best one, by the way, the best one was Malik Monk. But because he came for the minimum, there isn't a no mechanism. Words. Yeah, there, there isn't. This is when you have to go outside of the organization to bring in your big three. This is this is the way that the financial landscape of the NBA is set. You have to go. You have to turn over your roster with minimum guys over and over and over. Okay, can I ask, Porter how would you handle the minimum? Can the Warriors bring him back only if he is willing to accept a contract that he outplayed? This is what this is what happens. This is the reality of the NBA when you go outside of your team to have your big three. It's just how it is. It's it's not even a question um, of I, will ownership spend. You can't. Now, again, I understand the question about Caruso last year, and that is fair. But as it as it stands now, it isn't really even a question anymore. You have to hit on a certain number of minimums to be relevant when you choose this path. Um, Ekpe, how would you have handled Kyrie's last few seasons where it wasn't always necessarily injuries that kept him off of the court? It was choice in in many cases. How, you know, with you having been a veteran in, in the NBA, is that something you can even talk to a star about? Like, how, how, would a, how would a roster, how would a locker room handle that? I mean, it would be tough because you don't get that 
continuity throughout the season, but at the same time, after that conversation, you just you you can agree to disagree, but you're gonna respect his decision, and, and you're gonna understand when he's when he's available, he's gonna give you everything he got. And I think I mean he did a good job of that. Um, of course, they had their issues, but if if he was to come to the Lakers, he would know what's at stake, especially with LeBron being in year. 55 he knows that like, you can't blow these opportunities um so he he would be ready and he would be, he would be up for the challenge would, would you is that something you would speak up about like is that would that is that a role that you played in a locker room very often would you would you go out of your way to speak to him or would you let you know somebody else who maybe has a lot of voice in the room handle that conversation i mean as a vet of course i would just you know ask the question just to try to get a, a clear understanding and then leave it at that um and you know you, and, might, you might be asking a lot of questions in this situation <laughs> well yeah it would be a lot of questions but at the end of the day i'm, I'm, I'm you know my guy he's my teammate you know we don't went to yeah. battle for he's got to respect it and uh, continue to support him and you know just wait you know wait for when he's available and I is think there... this is a situation too. Like year one, year one wouldn't be. This isn't like a year one problem, right? Like if he's healthy, I think you know you, you come to play. Like I think there is, you know, a renewed commitment. Sort of like the way changing teams, like kind of like people generally are sort of on their best behavior in these types, of, especially in like a honeymoon periods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Um, I think like where it would be more interesting would be then. Okay, he comes and then. The, you know the extension comes or the, or the new contract comes and now 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 what are you getting right like is this a changed person or is this a person who is on their best behavior and that would be the that would to me would be when the risk would really the, the non-injury risks would really start to kick in would be after year one would it be worth it if they win a championship in year one I mean, oh, I mean, at, at that stage, I give him, I give him whatever extension he wants, happily. I don't sign the checks, man. That's yeah. I have no problem spending other people's money. I, I, I want to give the max to have you around. I love it. Oh my god! Oh, so I think that's just the biggest question. I mean, you have LeBron here, age what thirty-seven. Um, father time at some point in time is going to come knocking at his door, so you want to take advantage of these years. And whatever you, whatever it takes for the Lakers, you know they 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 are willing to do. And Kyrie would be a great fit. He, I mean, even Bradley Beal as well. You know, those two they would be great fits on that team. I agree. I I I'd be happy with the basketball fits on on both, especially Beal. I I guess the 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 part that I don't think so either. I mean, he their their owners talking about running him at point guard. That's if you're willing to do that much to to make the system work for a guy, then you aren't probably moving him. But um, I, I I guess for me, with this roster constructed in the way that it would be would have to be around Kyrie, and like I, I don't think there's any point in keeping Talon. I think he would immediately be put on the trading block. I thought it was really interesting, Dan. I don't know if you noticed this too, but. Uh, Darvin Ham went on that media tour this last week or so and never really mentioned Talon Horton Tucker. Did you notice that? Um, I, I tend to forgive like like coaching talking points and press conferences mm-hmm. um, just because I think there is like just a rush of sort of like 
of excitement and stuff like something like like it's like an oscar acceptance speech right like you forget to thank your kids or something like that like i mean i, I like this stuff can get confusing like as you honestly what do the kids do for you though like you you, you did everything for the kid you, I, there's I no mean, reason to thank a, the kid it, they grounded you Anthony. that's the important <laughs> part no i mean like I, like look i mean like i've seen this stuff happen in different versions like i mean i covered duck rivers and i saw duck rivers called the the Clippers general manager, Gary Sachs, Gary Sack for like an entire season. And I don't think he meant it disrespectfully. I think it was just like, just something he couldn't quite get to. And I think like, you, you know, with not mentioning THD, it is interesting, but like, I think to your point though, Anthony is like, this is sort of the THD problem is that like, he's just inherently redundant. Like what he is good at are the things that the best players on the court are generally really, really good at. And that's having the ball. Yeah. Yeah, that that was and and the ability, the lack of an ability to space the floor when he doesn't have the ball is is really what he's run into over, especially this last like year or so of his career. Um, I I I greatly appreciate everybody hopping on in the way that everybody did. Uh, Ekpe, thank you very much. You're always welcome to hop on here and, and chat whenever you want. Uh, Dan, same thing. Standing a standing invitation Aaron if we start getting bigger names like this like I got to start thinking about uh this a little yeah bit more. <laughs> I, I should I should be replaced yeah you're, you're, no. you're not wrong uh, I'm, I'm, you're I'm not wrong I'm obviously... and by the way when no, we're I, the I would step not away a... before I would step away before before I, I replace most guys I have real responsibilities and real work to do so this was, uh, this was a happy <laughs> To be oh, to man. be fair, during, I, I during the off season relate. and draft season and free agency season, there's not much I can say anyway. So I'm kind of useless to begin with. <laughs> I mean, more useless than normal, even. No, that that's not true. But thank you everybody for hopping on, and and thank you everybody for listening. If you missed anything, I'm going to turn this into a podcast and put it up on the Silver Screen and Roll feed. So keep an eye out for that. Also, keep an eye out for the conversation I just had with Ricky O'Donnell about the draft, and we get into some specific prospects that he has an eye on for the Lakers. Um, and then as we get closer to the draft, we're going to have a pressure cooker and all that other good stuff. So until all of that, I'm Anthony Irwin. And that was Aaron Larsoul, Ekpe Udo, Dan Wojcicki. This has been the Anthony Irwin Show Live.